When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Punters, mate, on SEN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Punters, mate. It's Friday, the 1st. Sammy, the 1st of September, 2023. Good afternoon to you, Sam Highland. Hello, Chris. Oh, yes, I must say that uh, I got up this morning and uh, nice and early, bright and early, and Charlotte bounced out of bed and she said, Happy spring, Dad. Happy spring. <laughs> and I was like, Wow, where'd that come from? I thought you were so, going to cop a pinch and a punch the first day of the month uh, from out there. Oh, Charlotte, she was all over it. First day of spring and. The sun was out, the birds were chirping, and uh, yeah, but as always that. in Queensland. <laughs> I was say, when, you lived in, when we lived in Melbourne, it was like, oh, the first day of spring, there's hope. There's some good weather at some stage. It might still be three months away, but it's coming. Whereas here, it's, uh, it's already spring, and yeah. it has been for a little while, I think. Uh, good times. Good times. Very good times. Uh, how's your week been? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I had, a, had uh, a bit of luck yesterday. Um, with trackside tags and I, so we had a good day and uh, had, a, had a good winner in the last hour. So it's good for the account, Chris. Good for the account. Yeah, always good for the account. Uh, big weekend of racing coming up. Of course, we've got the Group One Memsey in Melbourne at Caulfield. It promises to be a terrific race. Uh, with I wish I win uh, returning to the track. Uh, we've got some great racing, of course, in Sydney at Randwick. Uh, Nature Strip makes his return to the track. Big D Day this. Well, this first couple of runs, this prep will have to be uh, D-Day for, for Nature Strip. And, of course, we've got a good meeting uh, here in Brisbane as well at Eagle Farm. It's a Tattersall's meeting with the Members' Cup, the highlight. But what are you looking forward to the most, Sam? Uh, gee, there's some good races there in Sydney, isn't there? I I, I found that the um, Caulfield races were yeah, a little, I don't know, a couple of them I just thought, eh, only fair, aren't they? So it's going to be interesting to see. But, you know, we've got... Uh, we're getting a taste of a, a bit of uh, the the good races coming up, aren't we? So um, good to see. But yeah, it's a long day. Ten races, long day, isn't it? Long day. Ridiculous. Yeah, I think uh, was it. I think it was Brian Martin on uh, social media said last week he, the last race at Mooney Valley raced ten last week. There was no one really there. Well, people people are not going anymore, and it's. Uh, I'll get you know, to that. It's, it's not a good experience to go and stand well, at the races for ten. And I love horse racing, and and I don't want to stand there for for ten no, races. I'll get to that. I mean, you I've know, got... it's uh, it's and why why did they put another race on? Oh, we need to pump the turnover up. But yep. you know, it'll uh, it'll cost them in the end. In the big picture, they'll they'll suffer. I've got a uh, let's a little let's talk segment later on, which isn't far away. I've got uh, got something for you based around that. Very interesting. Anyway, biggest news of the week <laughs> on the weekend, and I feel sorry for this guy. Last weekend was the retirement of jockey Luke Dittman. <laughs> he thought, "Oh, this is it. I'll go out, announce myself as retired," and then Damien Oliver just comes right over the top and says, "Nah, I don't think so, Lukey." <laughs> It's me. So it's all about me, which is not Damien Oliver's style at all. But, uh, yeah, the retirement of Damien Oliver, big news earlier in the week, Sam. Yeah, it definitely was. It, uh, he's an outstanding jockey and 
You know, I I, I uh, think for somebody, Damien Oliver, who I've sort of watched him his whole career and, and uh, he is a freak. He has been at the top of his game for his whole career. He, yep. He's an outstanding jockey, amazing. And hungry, you know, the hunger, He's he just goes out there and, and uh, you know, when when it's on, he it's, he just wants to win, doesn't he? You know, and and it's uh, yeah, he he's time and time again he just comes up uh, tops, and yeah, he's it's an amazing record. Yeah, he is the goat, and uh, good on him. I, I thought he spoke so well at the press conference. I watched the whole press conference uh, as hard as it was to find. Um, <laughs> you would think you would think that an industry owned channel would show uh, the press conference. Well, on, on the channel, wouldn't you? We have like, four racing stations, Sam. I would have thought one of them could at least have it on. The best jockey we've seen in in Australia, uh, Damien Oliver. Uh, so many group ones, and, and you would think that uh, they'd at least be able to... What was uh, it on in the end? Was it on Fox Sports News or something? No, it was on uh, racing.com on the... Um, on, online, but yep. it wasn't Not actually on the, on the TV. It wasn't on the TV. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was disappointing, but... You know, expected, isn't it? And and uh, it's, yeah, I guess um, I, I thought Damien just spoke so well. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. He got emotional when when it was almost like it really hit home to him. Like, gee, this is this is the finish. You know, I'm not going to be doing this uh, after the end of uh, spring or at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, he's going to go out uh, finishing riding in Perth. And I think that's a fantastic thing. I think that's a great touch. Where that's started. where it all started yeah. for him. And for him to, to finish over there, I re, you know, I'm sure Perth Racing will really get behind it and, and pump it up. But uh, uh, it's great that he's he's going back to his hometown Although, to, to finish his uh, career. Would have been nice to see him finish up on Magic Millions Day. Yeah, well, it, it would have. But Maybe if he gets off at a ride somewhere. I, I'm sure we'll see him uh, at... Uh, at uh, well, in his new gig, we yeah, will. See him think, everywhere. Uh, he seems uh, he, he seems to uh, have his foot well in the door with, with Ladbrokes there, and yeah. and that'll be fantastic. Uh, you know, we you know, I think uh, he'll be uh, a huge asset to them uh, along with Glenn Boss, and uh, but yeah, Damien, it's look, it's uh, not enough, uh, not not enough can be spoken about no. how good he is uh, for horse racing, and he, he's uh, just a, a, a great jockey, great yep. jockey, and and a fierce competitor. Um, he's, he, uh, and he's just, yeah, he just turns up every time and gives 110%. He's a top jockey. Now, when I asked you earlier in the week, when this had been announced, what your Damien Oliver highlight was of his career, you came back pretty quickly and you had the same one as I did. So let's have a bit of a listen to what we both think is the highlight for us of Damien Oliver's career. They come into the straight now, and Media Puzzle's gone up with Vinnie Rowan. They share the lead around the home turn ahead of Haparana, who's gone. Beekeeper runs on. So does Pentastic and Distinctly Secret. Passing the 350-metre mark, Damien Oliver sends Media Puzzle to the lead ahead of Vinnie Rowe, who can't find. And back behind them is Beekeeper, Distinctly Secret, Pentastic. But Damien Oliver riding with the spirit of Jason. Out by three on Media Puzzle. I think he's got the cup one. Beekeeper, Mr. Prudenter, running on from Vinnie row but it's media puzzle clear and media puzzle damien and dermot have done it media 2002, puzzle beats Mr. 2002 melbourne cup media puzzle for dermot world uh, i think one of the greatest moments in australian sport after what he'd been through uh in the previous few days or whatever yeah there's there's no doubt that uh 
Uh, that is something that'll that'll stick uh, clear in my mind. Mm. Uh, and I was actually in Macau at the, at that time. But for Damien to go out and and, uh, and be able to pull that ride off and and uh, you know it is just amazing. But but that is that is what the bike is. You know, as a jockey, just absolute. Uh, professionally, he just goes out there and, well, as a person overall, he just goes out there and 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 delivered a, a perfect ride on on what was the toughest circumstances. Uh, Damien and Jason, best mates, obviously brothers, and and yeah. I actually uh, I was good mates with with Jason. Jason lived with me and Berwick for for a year and a half when he first came over from Perth, and he was riding uh, for Mark Bairstow. Yeah. And um, yeah, so Jason and I were were. Um, you know, obviously we're living together and we, we became good mates. And, and uh, uh, so I know how close, obviously, Jason and Damien were. Um, and they used to speak every day and, and all the time. And, and then, obviously, for that to happen and, and for Damien to go out and be able to pull off a ride like that, amazing, unbelievable. You, But that just shows how, how tough and, and hardy he is, you well, know. I remember that because I remember Derby Day, he couldn't get near it. And people were saying, really, probably shouldn't ride in the cup. His head's not in the right space. Yep. And then I think the first few races on Cup Day, he might have even got nowhere near it again. And then all of a sudden, he comes out and does that in the Melbourne Cup, which was just, as I said, one of the greatest moments for me in Australian sport. Yeah, it was uh, something that uh, I'm sure many people in horse racing will, will never forget. And, and you know, that, that picture of uh, when you see Damon look up at the sky, sky and, yeah. uh, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it still gives you... That uh, tingles up your spine. Uh, now, well, your job, and I know you'll come through, is to get Damien on the show sometime in the next few weeks when yeah, things we have died off that, a little bit. Sure. I'm sure you can do that. Uh, Luke Dittman, as I mentioned, has retired also. He's done a great job, Luke. He's a tall a tall fella. I think he's 32. It was always going to be a struggle being so tall, but he got everything out of himself. And we're going to speak to him very shortly. Uh, he's got some other interests. I noticed there in the article he's got uh, shares or business interests in nine nightclubs. Yes. <laughs> How yes. good is that? Well, he's a smooth operator. <laughs> Very smooth. He is a smooth <laughs> operator. Uh, and it's, yeah, time goes. You know, I remember going to, I remember going to Crown with Dad and uh, Lloyd Williams put on a night for Mick Dippen when he retired, like a tribute night. And, uh, yeah, and I remember being at that dinner with uh with my dad at Mick Dipman's tribute dinner and and there you go Luke Dipman his son is is now retiring yeah and, uh, makes you feel Mick, old doesn't it Mick Dipman <laughs> was well yeah you just sort of go wow well, where did uh, it go Mick Dipman is was one of my favourite jockeys yeah. uh he's so aggressive yeah. and uh, that win one of my favourite races is Mick Dipman winning on mahogany in the Lightning Stakes and. Uh, I can still remember it. He had the sky blue tops on his boots. I thought he was the coolest jockey <laughs> going around, I tell you. He was just, uh, he was a dead set rock star. And couldn't he pick one up and give it a lift oh, around yeah. the tail? So yeah. uh, when the money was on, you wanted McDippen on. And, and Luke uh, is obviously uh, been a great jockey. And based on the Gold Coast there, he's had uh, a lot of success. And yeah, he's a, he's a great fellow with it. Uh, congratulations to Rachel King, who came very, very close to winning the World All-Star Jockey Series in Japan. She came a narrow second, or she finished a narrow second, behind Japanese jockey Mirai Iwata. Uh, there was one point separating them. So well done to Rachel. We had her on during the Winter Carnival for a chat, and she was terrific with her time. So uh, that's a terrific effort there in Japan, and she will no doubt have appreciated that experience of riding there. Cairns Cup last week went to the Driller at massive odds, Sam. 
Namazu finished out of the placings. I think his fate was sealed when the rain came early in the morning. He yeah. doesn't handle anything worse than probably a soft five. Yeah. That I'd, killed him off. Wigo said he was still very tough and, and uh, gave his all. But, yeah, it's uh, that's it. It just shows you, you know, that uh, there's so many things that can get a horse beat, isn't yep. it? And conditions is one of them. Yep. Um, last week... Uh, uh, we had Dooman Racing double to Bailey Wheeler, who's really riding well, Sammy. Uh, CJ Graham, another double. She's flying. Vodka Martini won again. Tiger Shark was a good win. Space Boy finally broke through for a win, was weighted to win and just kept on going. So well done to all concerned there. Some really good trials at Dooman on Tuesday. We saw Rothfire, Zoo Style, Uncommon James. Uh, I know I'll forget a couple here. But they were super trials. A Katarina, we'll see all those horses soon. A Rothfire will turn up in Melbourne next weekend in the McEwen. Is that Friday night or Saturday? Have you got any idea? Uh, it used to be on night uh, night meeting, wasn't it? I reckon he's flying. He beat Zoo, St- Zoo Style in that trial. And Zoo Style usually wins trials by the length of the straight. I think he's going really well, Rothfire. He's uh, a pretty amazing horse, Rothfire, for the issues that he's had. And, and I've seen uh, in, in Rob Heathcote's office, he has a... Um, he has the chip that has been taken out and it's sitting just uh, up above the, on a shelf. Uh, he looks at it from his desk and it's quite <laughs> amazing the size of the chip that came out of that horse's leg and, and then he still turns up and gives his all. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's a very good horse. He certainly is. Now, Sam... We talk about racing and has it? Um, where have we gone with racing? Have we lost our way with racing? We speak about it regularly. Now, I like to find some uh, some uh, social media or letters that people have written. Uh, I won't mention who they are, but I just because they might not want me to mention who they are. But I saw a really good one written this week. Uh, the whole race day experience has it lost its way? And this person was concentrating on the betting activity in the betting ring, okay? Going to the races 20 years ago, the betting ring was vibrant. There was bookies everywhere. You were hunting down the best price. It really was probably the major part of the race experience. But now we've gone down the path is of betting is not good, but you can go and do it at home. No problems at all there. And, and, and administrators and marketers and everything want to take away from the betting side of things and concentrate more on um, parties and social activities or whatever, that might be half the problem. It, it, cool. I know it's – can we get that that back or are we too far gone? Administrators won't change. But I'd love to see that back. I think we spoke about it about three or four months ago. You'd go to the races and you'd have that betting ring activity. That was what made racing and going to the races exciting because the punters knew they could shop around for a price. Uh, they were having an ad- a battle or a duel with the bookmakers – that's gone. It is gone. Why did it that is have gone, to go? and it's too far gone now. Um, it's because I've said it before. It's on the nose. It's it is on the nose. Uh, gambling and and uh, uh, the way people look at horse racing, it, it is a bit frowned upon. And um, I think well because because of things like imagine what you could be buying instead. You know, yeah. I mean, this is all this sort of stuff is um, yeah. It's it's um, but you can do it at home. It's yeah. And What's the difference? It it uh, it's a real shame, isn't it? It's a real shame, but it's uh, I think, yeah, I, I I don't know what the answer is, and uh, and I you know I know I have a shot uh, from time to time on on this show or on trackside, but it's yeah I I know 
I know what horse racing was like uh, when I was a kid, going to the races with Pat Highland and going to, to Mornington and Cranbourne and and uh, Sandown on a Saturday. And I know how many people were at the at the races and exactly what you speak of is going and, and all the bookmakers, you know, that, that back row there along at, at Sandown, uh, like you could see bookmakers for as far as you yeah. could throw your hat and... Uh, in the words of Jack Styring, and and I tell you what, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's really sad, isn't it? That it's it's uh, it's it's lost its its vibe. People don't have the passion, and and do you know what? There's that much of it now, Chris. There is that much of it, right? That it is it is now we're going into this night racing season, so it's on day and night. It is, yeah. and and I am somebody that has been in horse. I'm 46 years of age. I have been in horse racing all my life. I am from a strong racing family. We all talk, live, breathe horse racing. Do you know what? Sometimes I get sick of it. So if I'm getting sick of it, right, how, you, I, I think to myself, uh, you know, it's it's just, yeah, it's just, it's too much. It well, is too much. Here's a couple of quotes from what I was reading. The racetrack used to be a hive of betting activity. Those marketing the racetrack experienced now find this really distasteful. So it became about the horse or the star jockeys or the party atmosphere. The crowds in the UK are huge on their big days with hundreds of bookies and punters actually trying to win. Here we spend all our time and effort making sure any potential punters know they're going to lose and promoting it only as a fun hobby. Exactly. Uh, the only way to get people back to the track is to make it a vibrant and stimulating gambling environment where people can have an expectation they can win and whereby going to the track increases that likelihood. Yeah. So it's all it's been so taken true. away. It is so true. Yeah, I reckon that it was a really so good true. point. And it's uh, – I, I did read that uh, did thread and, yeah. uh, on uh, Twitter. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I agree with, with lots of uh, those comments that people were making after that because, um, you know, it's and, – and that was coming on – coming from, you know, rusted on racing people, yeah. you know, and that's that's the thing. that They've been doing it all their life and, and seeing the way it's changed and – you know, I just think uh, I I don't get the buzz out of it like I used to. You know, and it's not it's not because I've lost the passion for horses or or racing or whatever. But I, I just think it's so much of it now, and it's so much of it at a media a pretty ordinary saturation sort of point level. You know, yeah. when you're when you're opening up, uh, you know, opening up the fields and and looking at five maidens and then four benchmark fifty eights, and you're going really like. It's it doesn't it's pretty hard to get excited about, isn't it? You know? And you know that luck in running. And as I have said, I said it to take it during the week uh, on trackside. You know the nineteen ninety two Cox Plate field. There, there, that that used to be back then. That was all the time we got mm. these amazing fields, right? It's you, you just we won't see it anymore. No. We will not see it anymore. And that that was that was horse racing at its best when. You know, when you've got a field like that 1992 Cox Plate and Group 1 racing uh, week after week that was just top shelf, now now you have two states fighting with each other. They can't even talk. Now, the racing actually the continues. The two best states, by the way. Well, no. the best. I mean, the, the two best racing states, you would yes, say. Yeah, but not the best state overall. No. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State, brackets best state. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. And I can tell you that tomorrow, our main meeting, of course, is at Eagle Farm, the Members' Cup meeting, but we're also racing at Birdsville, Sammy. Birdsville Cup Day tomorrow. First day of the carnival was today. We're on uh, the Gold Coast Poly Track, Aquas Park, and we race at Toowoomba 
in the twilight zone, then back to the Sunshine Coast for a nine racer on Sunday afternoon. Good stuff, Sam. Love a bit of Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis and the news. Yeah. I think our next guest likes a bit. He, he likes he, a bit of. Oh, he, I think I he tell likes you to what, dance. He's pretty sharp on the dance floor. I've, <laughs> heard he's, I've, I've heard he can move and shake a bit. Well, I did read that he, uh, now that he's given away race riding, he's got shares in nine nightclubs. And I speak of Luke Dittman. Luke, good afternoon. Hello, boys. How are you? Very well. Uh, firstly, I just want to say I feel very sorry for you because. You came out on the weekend, announced your retirement, thought that you'd have all the publicity, and then Damien Oliver goes and does that to you. Mate, I was actually wrapped. Uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't even. I didn't even. I didn't even want everyone to know. I just wanted to slip out into into the into the shadows. But um, yeah, I've like Ollie's career has been amazing. He's, he's a he's a brilliant rider, and um, yeah, happy retirement to him when he eventually hangs up the boots in a few months. Now, when did you make this decision that you, it was time to give it away? Um, I'd always sort of thought about it over the last probably uh, 12 or 18 months and um, eventually I went to I went to the Super Bowl in America with some friends in February and that was probably my decision to start winding it down and and from there I took a couple of rides and just had a few winners and, and the end goal was to hand the licence in um, at the end of the season and, and yeah, I think I had my last ride probably a couple, a couple of months before that but yeah, it's been good. Um, I can't complain. It's always nice to be able to have a meal and a beer when, um, whenever you want, not have to worry about it. But yeah, it was a good career and, and, and I'm wrapped to sort of be on the other side of it and healthy and fit and looking forward to different things now. It's always, uh, it's, I always think that it's, uh, well, making a decision like that, Luke, is so tough when you're doing something that you love. And and I guess I would imagine, uh, I, you know, the the worst part of the job is, is obviously the wasting. You're an extremely tall person for a jockey, uh, so you've always done it really hard with your weight, and it's amazing that you've actually got as much out of it as you did. But um, it's, I guess, that feeling of when you ride a winner, it, you, you forget about all all the pain you went through in the morning losing the weight, and, and uh, it's, it's a great feeling, isn't it, uh, getting those winners? Oh, it's such a high. I don't think there's uh, there's anything that I've experienced in my life that that's equivalent to that. But when you go to the races or, or you know you're on a good thing and everything pans out, yeah, you're sort of two and front crossing that line. Uh, yeah, all the all the negative thoughts and the and the three or four hours in the bath and the not eating all week all go straight out the window. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean it's it must be super hard. I mean I read in the article that um, you probably didn't think you'd make it. Uh, all the way to 32, being a jockey, but you made it further than you you thought you would. Um, obviously, that's a lot of hard work involved there, and I don't. It's it's. I, I don't know how. I don't know how you do it. I mean, it, for someone of your size, I mean, I saw a photo with you next to your dad. Um, I mean, <laughs> you just tower over him. You taught you. You make two of him. Yeah, I nearly a foot taller than the old boy, but yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice to have his his build and and his physique. I think. Um, I think even when I was riding and, and fighting fit, he was still lighter than me in, in his retirement. So, um, yeah, used to go for dinner and I'd be sitting there eating nothing and he'd be powering away going, why aren't you having something? And I'd just shake my head. <laughs> now, are, are you one of these jockeys that we're going to see that uh, when they give it away and they can eat normally, you're just going to balloon or uh, will you stay pretty slim and fit and uh, stick to the gym? I hope not. I, I, I've got plans and I've been going to the gym. Like, obviously, nothing too 
too hectic, but um, yeah, I don't plan to get fat in a beer belly, but yeah, <laughs> see what happens in the next 12 months. I'm not Comes making any promises to no one. <laughs> yeah, mate, I'm not getting any younger. It's hard, it's hard enough to get up and go to work, let alone get up and go to gym. Oh, dear. So what is what, what are the plans for Luke Dippen going forward? Uh, as Chris has obviously uh, highlighted that you you have other interests outside racing. Yeah, I've had to uh, had to transition to a real job now, which is uh, which is a bit tough, but loving it. Um, obviously, you touched on the nightclubs; they've been going well, and quite frankly, I don't have too much to do in there except uh, enjoy all the highlights. But um, got a consultancy business that's been up and running for about twelve months, and we've got some good clients and things are chipping away there. And and uh, and I've got a little interest in a in a hedge fund that's starting up, so. Um, that'll be good if, if everything sort of plays ball and, and, and goes the way we're hoping it. Something tells me uh, Luke has his head screwed on the right way, Sam. Well, he's, uh, it's no surprise. He's, his father's uh, sharp as a tack. And Is he? I think uh, just touching on your dad, Mick, and I, I opened uh, at the start of the show when we mentioned we were getting you on today, I said to Chris Nelson that uh, I remember – going to Mick Dippman's retirement. Lloyd put on a, a dinner for uh, Mick at Crown, and I remember going to Mick's retirement dinner with my dad, Pat. And, uh, yeah, now, and now uh, here we are talking to Luke, his son, uh, about his retirement. And, I know. Yeah, Where does it go? The grey hairs. Are, well, I've, my hair's falling out and going grey, so it's uh, <laughs> it's quite a while ago. If it make you feel any better, man, my career wasn't all as long as the old boys. So it's not like you've been here for sixty years. <laughs> no, that's right. But I must—he must be so proud of you. And and uh, and obviously, what's he up to, Mick, these days? He's uh, he's still in Singapore, obviously, with racing. Uh, cutting up at the, the at the end of next year, he'll he'll come home and um and take up a role here. Um, but yeah, he's good. He's, he's, uh, keeps telling me he's got a full-time job, but every time I ring him, he's on the golf course. So I'd like to swap <laughs> That's with his him. job. <laughs> yeah, well, probably uh, he can hustle, he can hustle on the golf course. Yep. So <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Well, I did hear that he's played golf in Queensland regularly with Shane Dye. I mean, imagine running into those two on the first tee and asking him, yeah, we're going to have something on this or what? <laughs> cool. Just... Yeah, he's actually my godfather, so uh, oh. I've learned how to uh, how to wheel and deal on a on a, on a tee box. That's for sure. <laughs> now, uh, before we let you go, highlight. Looking here, I don't know if I've got these figures a hundred percent right, but four hundred and twenty-one wins at fifteen percent. You've ridden a Group Two winner, seven. Oh no, Group Two placings, seven Group Three placings, and twelve uh, listed racing placings. But you've won four Group Threes and three listed races. What has been? The highlight, and what horse has been your favourite horse to ride? Oh, obviously, there's many. Um, going down to, to Melbourne and riding that uh, the listed winner at Flemington was, was up there, and then I had the, the, the group double uh, on the home track in Queensland for, for Waller and even being his stable jockey for, for a period of time there. Um, obviously, the, the elusive group one got away from me, but everything else on the jockey's bucket list, I've kicked off, ridden in different countries, and... and uh, and got to walk away from the game. Um, so, yeah, just just being able to do what I did and, and, and pull up on my own terms is, is a highlight for me. Luke, do you, uh, d- did you ever have any thoughts of going training? Um, obviously, it creeps in the back of your mind, um, and it's something I'd love to do, but, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a whole different game, and I, I give credit to all the trainers out there. That's a, that's a headache I'm not willing to participate in at, at this point in my life. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? I, I always uh, think, I, I, like, I would love to train horses, but then 
you, you see the pain. My dad obviously did it, and then my two brothers, and and you you, you see the pain that uh, the hard work and pain that that they go through of you know owners not paying and all the rest of it and the stress that comes with it. It's it's a completely different job as opposed to being a jockey, isn't it? Oh, hundred percent. You've got so many people to keep happy and and, and horse welfare and. And all of that kind of stuff. Um, I think my early grounding in it, the old boy took out a license when I was a kid. He trained one horse and then handed the license back in after his first start. So that was uh, that's my introduction to should I take out a trainer's license or not? <laughs> well, I think I think we've had someone. Might have even been you, Sammy, that said in the past, if you're a trainer, you're responsible for all these horses. And after the race is finished, you've got to get the horse on the float. You've got to get the horse home. You've got to make sure everything's. Um, Everything's good when it gets back into the stable. Where you jockey, you just jump in the car and drive home. That's right. You uh, you just uh, give your rundown, you walk away and See you later. Get, get ready for the next race. And uh, uh, that's it. When you when you got to load the horse up after the knacker's just been beaten 15 lengths <laughs> and you got to square off to the owners and uh, and then next thing you got to get home, put him in his box, then you got to feed him yeah. and then get up the next morning and go, what am I going to do with you? I mean, it's... Uh, it's not ideal, and it's uh, I yeah. Shout out to all the horse trainers. It's it's a really tough gig, but obviously, um, you know, when you get a good one, it's uh, you're well rewarded. But they, you know, they can be few and far between, and and people uh, people stick at it, and it's a hard grind, that's for sure. Luke, just just on trainers before we let you go, riding for Chris Waller, what was that like? Did I mean, obviously, he's in Sydney, and the stable's on the Gold Coast, and do you, I'm guessing you probably don't get a lot of. Um, a lot of chances to talk to Chris. It probably comes from people at the stable. It was probably Paul Shaler back in the day? Yeah, it was. I, obviously, most of my communication was with Paul Shaler, and, uh, and I can't thank Paul and, and Chris enough for what they've done for my career. But um, I did get to speak to Chris on, on a number of occasions. He's a lovely gentleman and, and always a professional. But yeah, with, a, with an outfit like his and, and hundreds of horses racing a day, it's very uh, meticulous, and you get your spreadsheet on what you're going to do. And and the instructions for the day, but yeah, when uh when things go wrong and you've got to explain yourself, it's uh it's always it's always handy when you've got the boss's number and you can ring in directly. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, uh we wish you all the best. Uh I wanna thank you personally. We've had you on uh, a couple of our shows on numerous occasions and every time I send you a text you you're you're one person that gets straight back to me. Uh no no delays or anything like that. So we really appreciate that. As I said, we wish you all the best and we hope to catch up with you sometime down the track. For sure. Thank you, boys. I really appreciate you having us on. And, yeah, thank you for the well wishes. Absolute pleasure. Well done. Luke Dittman joining us there this afternoon. Sammy, uh, as I said, a really nice guy. He's done a terrific job. We can only wish him all the best in his future endeavours. Great fella and uh, and terrific jockey. Yeah, he's uh, And as I say, he, you know, he's a very tall uh, jockey. Did it so hard with his weight and for him to, to get as much out of his career as he did. It's a credit to him. And uh, good on him. He sounds... Uh, he sounds pretty relaxed, sounds doesn't content. he? Yeah, he does. His sleep-ins have helped. He, uh, I, meals. Think, uh, <laughs> I think he's enjoying having a beer at night and uh, yeah. not worrying about getting up and going for a run. All righty, we'll go for a break. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk all things Cairns Amateurs. This is The Punter's Mate on SEN. Welcome back to The Punter's Mate on this Friday afternoon, the 1st of September. You are with Chris Nelson and Sam Highland. And remember, Sammy, racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where racing is today. And I can tell you next week, Saturday week, tomorrow week, we are racing at Cairns again for the Cairns Amateurs, which is a massive social event off 
track on track. And the one person that tells us all about it every year, but she still hasn't got us up there, Sammy, so I'm a little bit disappointed, is Pip Miller. <laughs> Pip, good afternoon. Good morning. And I would say there is still time. <laughs> well, good we'll, leave, we'll leave that call, up to you, Pip. Pip. We'll leave that up to you. We're here, ready and waiting. So we'll just... Uh... Oh, well, we'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> no problems. So a massive weekend coming up uh, next weekend. Of course, Saturday is the big day. Tell us all about it. Yes. Well, Saturday's the Cairns Amateurs Cup day, but before that, we have um, we have a few warm-ups. We've got about 500 ladies and gents converging on the waterfront for the Jubilee High Tea because I should mention we're celebrating 65 years of Cairns Amateurs uh, from next Thursday to Saturday. So, you know, we're going to really celebrate and mark that occasion with uh, blue sapphire jubilee theming and it is everywhere so then we have the high tea down on the waterfront uh, we have the president's cocktail party later that or that night and then ladies day out at cannon park day one of the two-day racing meeting and uh yeah wrapping it all up on on saturday at, with the cans amateurs cup I think we've got about 16 races across the two days. Now, tell me, um, the high tea and the cocktail party, it's not too cool in Cairns. It's pretty warm. Uh, people don't have to... If, if they want to go along to that, firstly, can they still go along to that? Are there tickets available? And what's the dress code like? Yes. pretty casual, wouldn't it? Uh, no. Um, we, <laughs> you know, get dressed up like the best of them. But, um, yeah, no, people... It's it's a bit of a mix. Yeah. You know, you have your people that are, you know, tropical, casual, as you would expect, and then there are other people who really go all out and might even put the sparkles and the sequins and the high heels. Um, but definitely we have the ball that's down on the waterfront on the Friday night, the sapphire ball. That's always a wonderful occasion with fireworks and entertainment and it's just fantastic. Honestly, the the people, they just really, really put in all the effort to look amazing. So there's a, you know, I think it's about 2 million goes back into the local economy, 2 million wow. bucks of fashion and grooming. So, you know, it is a, it's a good money spinner for our local economy. And I think because Cairns being Cairns and laid back and tropical vibes, um, People really love this opportunity to dress up and they love the whole, you know, spring carnival racing fashion and they really get into it and get into the spirit. So it's, it's very impressive. But, you know, of course, you can be relaxed and casual and you, you're not going to, you know, they're not going to stop you at the gate. Well, Sam and I so don't own speak. a pair of long pants each, do we, Sam? <laughs> no, we do not. So... Oh, good. You must be from Cairns originally then. We're, no, we're both from Melbourne. That's why we don't own long pants. We refuse to wear them now we live in Queensland. Yeah, yes, of course. Well, yeah, no, it's um, beautiful. And today, wow, if we can replicate today, next week, we are doing well because we are having an absolutely stunning um, entree into spring today in yeah. Cairns. Well, yeah. now, if, so, the, if where do people go to get information on, on all these events? 
Okay, so there are tickets available. Memberships are a great um, value. So if you get a two-day membership package uh, from the Cannes Amateurs website, so www.cannesamateurs.org.au, you can very easily navigate your way through there and find out what's available. But most things are... The high tea, I think, will be a sellout. Yep. But you can still get um, memberships. You can still get tickets to the ball. You can still get um, tickets to, you know, some of the event packages, like they've got the Vodka Cruiser, um, which is in a new location. They've got this new fancy schmancy St. Hubert Pavilion, which is, you know, um, new infrastructure that they've developed at at Cannon Park over the last year. So lots of air-conditioned venues and members have changed their venues so they're now in the double-storey pavilion that's trackside. So I think I'd really be pushing, if you're sort of sitting on the fence, you want to go, you're sort of worried about your your pennies, I would... um, maybe look at a two-day membership. And then you can go to the things like the President's Cocktail Party, um, which is on that first night before it all kicks off, you know, when it all kicks off. So, yeah. That gets you into everything. Lots to choose from. Pretty much. Well, it gets you at Cannon Park, it gets you into the members' enclosure. And then they've got this fantastic entertainment, you know, live music, trackside, so you can see all the bookies. You've got your own, you know, um, bookies and that would be my pick if I was you know um, giving any last minute tips to the last minute race goers all right excellent so now if people wish to go to Cairns next week and they haven't uh, well, they didn't know it was on or they uh, they they weren't sure if they wanted to go or not they'd be crazy not to so the best thing to do is to jump online go to www.cansamateurs.org.au get the 2 day members pass that's what I'd be doing for sure and go to all the festivities and have an absolute blast yeah you won't regret it no i'm telling you it's the most fantastic memorable and you want to come back every year then yeah Really, you will. We need to go, Sammy. We definitely do. Every time we get to this time of year and we hear about it, um, we uh, our our next guest, who you know very well, um, Pip Gibbo, he's up there every year. He's always telling everyone what it is. Oh, Gibbo! Yeah, so I uh, can't wait to see Gibbo again. Gosh, it's like Groundhog Day when you see Gibbo. (laughs) Hey, Gibbo! I'm not. He never looks any different. I can mm-hmm. tell you he's in training for a boxing match. So make sure you mention that in, uh, I think it's December or January. He's supposed to be in training, but he has not yet hit the ring. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So who, are you, who who's he uh, up against? I don't know, but some bloke that's bigger and stronger and probably more experienced than he is. <laughs> I think he's <laughs> going to get the suitcase that... <laughs> belted out of him. <laughs> you, you think that would be incentive enough? I'd be running for the hills, I yeah. tell you. <laughs> Something tells me he might be too, but um, not yet anyway. So you can ask him all about that next week when you see him. Pip, thank I you. I will. Thank you again Have thank so you. much for your time. Um, we really appreciate you coming on. I hope it's a fantastic weekend next or, you know, week next week. I'm sure it will be. And uh, hopefully yes. we'll be up there next year. Yes, absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. A pleasure. Talk Thanks, to Pip. you then. Thank you, Pip. Pip Miller joining us there, and she's uh, she knows all about 
uh, the Cairns Amateurs Cup meeting next week. She does all the media and all the PR and does a fantastic job. Sammy? Good on you, Pip. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, well, it's a, a meeting not to be missed, the Cairns Amateurs. It's uh, very popular and I've actually been. I went a few years ago. It was great. Did fun. you? Yeah. 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 Well, we need to go. I mean, yeah, I'm we... going next year. That's it. No matter what. I'm going to get that membership. Uh, good job. Two-day membership. That sounds really good. Mm. I don't know if I've got the clothes to go to the high tea, but um, <laughs> something tropical. I've got a lot of Hawaiian shirts. Just wear, your, wear your stubbies and your blueies that you've been chasing that bush turkey around <laughs> the backyard in. I think I've got him too. <laughs> Sammy, we missed out on Sausage of the Week last week because, I don't know, we waffled too much early on in the show. So uh, we won't take long with it. We've got other guests to get through, of course. We've got to speak to Gibbo in just a moment. But Sausage of the Week for me, the week before last, and these are both from Tony Goldstable, so I hope Tony's not listening. Oh. <laughs> Coup de Tonnerre, and goes around tomorrow again. Oh, if you keep backing this horse, well, you might as well just donate your money to somewhere else because you're not going to win much, if anything. Did and- you hear Giddy Up say its name? I couple. Last week no? uh, with Tony Gold, it was very funny. Yeah. Coup de Tonnerre, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's, he just, he, it was a bit of a tongue twister. Who's Gareth? Yeah. He couldn't quite get it out. Yeah, it was a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> and uh, from last week, mm, I'm going to put Ashgrove in the sausage file. He's just going around well supported each week and not delivering the chocolates. Well, I, and this is purely through um, doing my backside on it, Argyle Pink. Another one from Tony uh, Golan Stable. I'm not, Gee, I'm not having Argyle. on the show again. I am not having Argyle Pink. I reckon uh, she'll improve with that run under her belt. Oh, yeah. yeah. And All then right. she'll get up and beat me. Yeah. That's what will happen. Kanazawa is going around tomorrow again, too, keep in mind. Yeah. The Su- original. Super sausage. But that's right. <laughs> super sausage. You know you have the thin ones and the fat ones? He's a real fat one. <laughs> Extra large sausage. On the Gold Coast, in the sunshine... Now, we've arrived at the uh, tipping part of the show, Sam. And, of course, imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. But our main man, Gibbo's AWOL, gone missing. They oh, had dear. The, they did have the Gold Coast Racing Industry Awards last night. And I'm a little bit worried that he might still be recovering. Over-raced. Yeah, he might have over-raced. Gone for home a little bit too early. And uh, he's knocked up badly uh, in the straight. So uh, I don't know where he is, but we haven't heard from him. So no tips at this stage for the Gold Coast or anywhere else from Gibbo. But before we get to our tips, I just want to ask you about some big races tomorrow. Have you had a look at the Memsey in Melbourne? A uh, little bit of a look at the uh, Memsey. And... I wish I win returns. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? That he's drawn the one gate, how that's going to go for him. Uh, 1,400 first up. Yeah, it's it's it falls away pretty quickly though this race. So just, just on him, yeah. And we, we'll talk about this perhaps next week because I haven't got time today. But there's a few um, stories doing the rounds the last couple of days about a match race mm. with I wish I win in Giga Kick. Um, that's something we haven't seen for a long time. It would create some excitement, Sam. Yeah, it would. But yeah. it's uh, I don't think they're going to do it for five hundred thousand. No, 000, no. Is it? So. not when the Everest is worth seventeen million. <laughs> <laughs> but it was something like that is what we need, I reckon. Just to remember, let's elope and better loosen up match race. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, uh, yeah I remember that uh, really well. And then uh, the one before uh, was Big Falu and Rain Lover yeah. with uh, Bird- my dad was part of it. He so Which- he rode Rain Lover. Really? And uh, Roy Higgins rode Big Falu. Yeah. Wow. 
that the one that Bert Bryant called? Yep. Yeah. Yep. We might play yep. that in the next couple of weeks. So it's uh, no, it's a really good race call, and and uh, yeah, it is a good race call. I have heard that many times. Um, in Sydney, Nature Strip returns. You think he's gone? Uh yeah. I, I'm I'm willing to risk him, but I'm like that with Nature Strip. Um, uh. You know, and and he's a dead set champion, but uh, I just never seem to find him on the right day. So uh, I'm going to risk him. I'm going to risk him. Okay. They don't go forever, Chris. He'll be going, this is his fifth Everest campaign. It'll be his fifth race. If he gets in that field, it'll be his fifth straight year he runs How in good's it. How that? It's pretty good. Uh, now, I, I don't know. I'm not sacking him yet. I think that trip away might have knocked the stuffing out of him a little bit, and he didn't come up last prep. So you never know. You never know. Uh, South Australian racing tips for tomorrow. Of course, this uh, website, oh, sorry, the Twitter site, or the handle is at South underscore tips. Morfittville, we've got race one, number three, Huggle Time for the win. Race two, number nine, Lips Don't Lie each way. Race six, number three, Rich Gina each way. Race eight, number seven, More Sugar for the win. Get behind South underscore tips. He tips a lot of winners. Sammy, your best bets. Okay. Uh, I am going for a bit of value. I love this horse, Chris. I love him. Winston Smurfill. Race nine, number eight, Winston Smurfield at Eagle Farm. Uh, race seven, number six, Hell I Am for John O'Shea. And uh, Randwick, I like race eight, number 11, Mon- Montefilia. Montefilia? Yeah. Uh, there's two horses in that race that I have in the sausage file. I know they've won a lot of money, but I can't catch them. Moanga and Montefilia. Okay. Especially Moanga. Uh, Eagle Farm for me. Race one, number four, planned encounter, I think, can win. I'm going to go with race seven, number two, all that pizzazz each way, but I am scared of yours, hell I am. And race eight, number two, Irish songs, also each way. I think we'll take a lot of benefit from that run a couple of weeks ago. Uh, At Randwick, I'm going to go race five, number 10, Verona. I think will run really well. And an each way bet, race six, number eight, Cigar Flick. So they're the main ones for me. Uh, Sammy, thank you very, very much for your time this afternoon again. I hope you have a great weekend. The other Sam, thanks for your efforts. You've done a sterling job once again, mate. Music's pretty good this week too. Done a good job. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Please do the same next week, same time, same place on SEN Track.